episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com. Hi, um, welcome. You're listening to Beyond the Front Door podcast with Lindy and Rhea, and we are real estate agents in Cheyenne, Wyoming with Peak Properties, and we bring you real estate stories that inspire you, make you laugh, cringe, cry, all of the above. We've had all those things happen. (laughs) We have. We put the real in real estate. Yes. And this is like the ultimate realtor podcast today. We have Catherine Fender and Philip Bulling, who are both realtors with number one properties, joining us. And you're our first realtor, like out of office realtors joining us today. So we're super excited about that. You're the first one. No no pressure, right? They're also my friends. (laughs) So, yeah, so we're excited because they have, I mean, I think together all of us probably have over 30 years of real estate experience. And so we're just kind of going to talk about real estate and see what we see what we get into um first i wanted to take a second so you guys could each tell us a little bit about yourself how long you've been in real estate about your family all of that mm-hmm. so go for it first <laughs> um i'm Catherine fender of course i'm with number one properties i've been doing this i was trying to think about it earlier i want to say it's 10 years i think october yeah. will be 10 years now um i love real estate i that's all I want to do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm one of those people that, and I feel like a lot of us are in this industry, but when you really find what it is that you were meant to do, that would be real estate for me. Yeah. It um, makes it like fun every it day. It is. Mm-hmm. Even on the hard days, there's other days that, you know, you're like, oh yeah, that's why, that's why I do this. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, cause you do, you have hard days and stuff like that. Um, as far as family, I have three kids and Philip has one and we live together and we're engaged. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> um, I've been in Cheyenne, I don't know, almost 13 years now. So it feels like home at this point. Sure. Yeah. Where did so. you tell them where you came from? Oh, that's a hard story, Lindy. Um, all over the place. So I was born in Arkansas and grew up most of my teenage years there. But before or between then, I lived in California and Illinois and different places. Um, I ended up. When I was probably 14, I moved to Alaska, which is where my dad lived. So I graduated high school in Anchorage. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> then I moved to North Carolina and was there for eight years and then moved here and been here ever since. This is the longest place I've ever lived. Oh, wow. Oh, so Good for you. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Philip. What about you? Uh, so, I mean, I'm born and raised in Cheyenne for most of my life, uh, at least most of Wyoming. I've lived a few years outside of Cheyenne, which was in California, in Orange County. I started real estate there. Wanted a culture shock and got it. Well, you came to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming from California. Yes. Came back here, um, kept doing real estate, of course, and so I absolutely love it here. But with me, I started real estate in 2017 is when I started, but I've been in sales since I was 16. Okay. I've sold all the way from tractors, furniture, appliances. Cell phones. Um, yep, cell phones. So We, we constantly argue about cell phones because <laughs> I'm an Apple person he's not I'm an Apple person oh, okay so we're Android, like against huh? him yes. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at Verizon for 10 years so of course I can tell him you know the truth you know Android's better so sure don't believe him <laughs> I actually was a hardcore Android user as well until I decided I wanted the Apple watch and then oh, I had no. to make the shift over to Apple. And then it was over from there. The computers, still everything. <laughs> there is still hope. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No, so, so been, but basically went there for a couple of years, came back to Cheyenne, and been here now since 2018, and been in real estate, like I said, about seven years. So. Nice. And it is fun. Uh, you know, sales, I've done, like I said, all the different sales. Um, this is probably my favorite sales. And uh, also the mo- most challenging sales, too. Sure. So it's one of those that uh, you definitely get, it's like everyone says, there's not one transaction that's the same. Mm-hmm. And you would think that's not true, but... It's true. It's true. So yeah. being in it for this long and still doing it, I mean, I can tell you plenty of cell phone transactions that were all the same, 
But in real estate, I can't tell you any of them are the same. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's true. So how did the two of you meet? Through the office or through real estate? or Through real estate. So we both sat on the Realtor Family Fund board. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was years ago. Um, probably. When did you come back? 2018. Okay. That's when we originally met um, because I was already on the board, and then when he moved back, he joined the board. And so we sat on Realtor Family Fund for... I don't know, four years or something together. I got off of it two years ago. He got off of it one year, and we were both on for six years. Um, but that's how we met, and then he ended up coming over to number one properties where I was at, and we have three buildings, but he's in the same actual building as me. Okay. And so then, I don't know, I guess it's three and a half years ago now. Yeah. Okay. We started dating. Yeah. Awesome. And do the two of you, like, are you starting to partner? Will you have, like, a business together, or will you keep them separate? Or how? I don't know. We're competitive, so I like to Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually talked a lot about that because we're thinking, you know, well, maybe we should. But that's the big thing is that he's very competitive, and I'm very competitive. And so we're, we've always kind of been competitive with each other to see who could sell mm-hmm. more. And so I'm not sure that we could team up because then how do you know? How do you know who won? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't. <laughs> so we're like, well, you just have to split it all equally, right? Uh, that sounds boring. <laughs> well, that's what we were talking about. What do, what do those dinner conversations look like at the end of the day when you are competitive like that? Are you mm-hmm. like with your, <laughs> you no, know? We're competitive who? in our sales, but not in the fact that we don't share information. I mean, we sure. constantly talk about real estate. Yeah. We constantly, oh, you should try this because this would do better if you did oh, this. And That's wonderful. You know, always We're very supportive things. of each other. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, if she gets five transactions one week, I'm very supportive. And I'll be like, inside, I'm like, oh, she's beating me. Okay, so I need to pick it up a little bit. So yeah. it's kind of that <laughs> yeah. motivational yeah. factor of it there, too. It helps sure. push you to be better. Mm-hmm. Because when one of them I feel is doing better, then they're like, okay, well, i got to pick it up a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. But like she says, we'll share everything. We'll talk to each other. Yeah. We'll tell all the things. We'll be like, hey, I all would actually secrets. do this or do yeah. that. So the secrets are all open, like yep. you said. Yep. But at the end of the day, we still want to be like, okay, so what did you finish with? How was your month? <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, yeah. obviously, we help each other. So if he's really busy and I'm not, then I'm doing more things with the kids and the house and whatever, cook dinner or whatever, and vice versa. So if I'm really busy and I have appointments and whatnot, then he picks up the slack. And stuff. Yeah, that's perfect. That, that, all that works out really well. I think it would be awesome to have someone who understands How many real estate because it's really hard <laughs> to be married to someone who doesn't do it because they get annoyed. Yeah, we, we were just With discussing. how much you work, and it never shuts off. And they're Absolutely. like, really? Right now? And you're just like, it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of dinner. Somebody's trying to call. You know what you're I like, mean? I have yeah. an important deal on going vacation. on right now. Yeah, and always, always on like, vacation. Do you right? like money? <laughs> Do you like money? <laughs> Do you want to live in this house? No, just we always work on vacation every month. Yes, yes. And then, so then you understand each other, and it's yeah. not like you're you go. It's it's really hard for people outside of it to understand because if you've just had a normal job, which we always say a normal that job, shuts off. but that yeah. shuts off, you go mm-hmm. home and it's done. I mean, minus if you think about it, but you don't have to continue to continue to talk yeah. to people. And well, it's like they say, you work when everyone does work and doesn't work. Yes. yes. And so at the end of the day, that's what people I don't think understand. Yes, I'm and like it's... when they're not working. Yeah. You have to talk to them, and that's um, in the evening. And I also started at 8 o'clock this morning. So yes. yes. There's yes. that, too. Yeah. I mean, I've had it where I've lost transactions because you're in the middle of something. Someone says she calls you, and they're like, and you don't know why they called you, but you're like, yeah, I'll call you back. They send a response, and they're like, hey, please do. And you call them back in 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. You're like, okay, hey. And they're like, I already called another realtor because I was looking to list my house. Yeah. And people don't understand that because you are busy, you can't call right away, but people don't have that patience. Right. But that's the thing is, so people don't understand that if it's, eight o'clock at night and you choose not to answer a phone call that's you could you miss now business missing. yeah mm-hmm. because well, we are in a society where we like things like now right now instant gratification yes. mm-hmm. well and we still struggle with that too i mean because there's we've had talks about it we're like okay we have to have some down you have to have boundaries because yeah. we both tend to work a lot yeah. and you do need time to recharge and take care of your relationships well, and your family and all of that right yeah so our thing is is usually like if we're at dinner we're like okay unless it's really like obviously there are things we all know there are things you're mm-hmm. like I, this can't wait I have mm-hmm. to but for the most part we're like okay while we're actually eating I mean it only takes 15-20 minutes like let's talk with the kids let's talk with each other let's put our phone down for a minute let's not talk about real estate let's try to okay, find that, something that's else that's not a case no you're not oh, okay we're <laughs> always talking about real estate the one, the one that we've made a good job of is that every night for dinner we sit at the table we don't sit at the couch the kids don't take their meals downstairs mm-hmm. we don't take meals anywhere we all sit down at the table for dinner 
Now, occasionally, one of us might have to get up because of the situation, but for the most part, we make sure that we're always at the dinner table for dinner, and we all get to sit down. So that's one thing I think we've done really well with, trying to make sure that we still make that time, yep. and then also let the kids know, and then try to have those conversations mm -hmm. with the kids. What's the age range of your kids? <laughs> A big range. So Hadley <laughs> is five, okay. and then Carson is 12. Hayden's, well, Carson will be 13 on Saturday. And then Hayden's 15, and Tristan's 17. Okay. So, so there's a bit of a, yeah. although the bulk in that secondary. And all the teenagers are boys. Oh. <laughs> so. oh, so I have all boys as well. They're in their 20s now, so I'm through the teenage years, but it's a good time, Please actually. actually <laughs> Please tell me it's better. Please tell me. No, no, I can't no. tell you that. But what I, <laughs> what I can tell you is that actually with my sons, their junior high and high school years were the easiest. It was oh. once they turned 18. Like the 18 to 23 was incredibly challenging because they want to, um, they love you, but they don't want to be around you so much. And so it's a, you know, and, the, you know, with boys, I really believe it, your main goal is to keep them alive until they're 25. Like that's the goal, right? So between 18 and 23, when they are, they don't want mom overseeing that process and making sure. And, you know, then it becomes a little more challenging and they become a little meaner but um i can tell you they come through on the other end of it <laughs> i look forward to that <laughs> yes 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 my they're 20 about to be 24 and 25 now and they're i love them to death they're a real pleasure as a matter of fact they're going to be on the podcast next week so yeah they oh, are. Nice. yeah yeah so it's all good but yeah we've learned that's why when they're little they're so cute and adorable so, so that the you try to remember so that nope. it's <laughs> to get you through nope. <laughs> you're like remember that oh right yeah yeah um well i have i mean i have some questions do you have any i guess one of the big questions i would have is um for you philip in that what is the difference between real estate in california and real estate here like like the market difference maybe the environment difference the whole kit and caboodle, I guess. Great question. So there is definitely a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, as Wyoming is actually a non-disclosed state, California is a full disclosure state. So oh, it's already one of those things that makes a big challenge. Okay. Um, as a realtor, I had to, whether you're on the buy side or sell side, you would actually fill out a documentation walking through the house and seeing what you see and don't see. Okay. Which is a challenge. You know, you can't move a rug, you can't move a couch, you can't move things so you don't know what's under there. So you have to watch how you say things and do things. I see. You know, whereas in, when you're And what if you're just not an expert on things? You're like liable? Yes, you can be. Oh. So. And they're you, soon happy there, so I just don't understand why you'd give yourself more liability. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's the thing that's scary. I mean, my broker when I was there, so my broker there was fantastic. When I learned a lot from him. Um, he was the first broker, of course, so I learned mm -hmm. a ton. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the one thing he always taught me is every time you do a transaction, he's like, you have to think in your head. Can I get sued for this? Can I get sued for that? And he's told me, you know, numerous times, because he was in the business since 1980. Mm -hmm. And so he told me, he's like, I've been gone through everything, so you just need to tell me and I'll help you out with everything mm -hmm. and tell you what not to do. And that is one of the scariest things because as a new agent, you're trying to fill out a contract to do this and you miss. And he's like, you could have been sued for that. And I'm like, and it just oh, really makes you more stressed. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine having that over your head 24-7. I mean, as realtors, we should be thinking, of course, about yeah. doing everything correctly, but... If you got somebody over you saying that all the time, that would be hard. And so that is one of the challenges, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that, you know, for the main part out there, you see it. It seems like the realtors are way more held at fault for things, even if they don't. Um, like one of my stories there was uh, uh, one of the realtors was listing a house. With the seller, the seller told him and said, hey, everything is filled with packs. We've already done all that. You know, we've changed all the piping and everything. And so he's like, great. So while through the open house, says he's telling people, Inspections came back. They didn't show everything was PECs. Well, the realtor was held accountable to get that updated to the PECs because he's the one that said it. So you, what you do is you start learning how do you say it differently. Mm -hmm. The seller has told me these are updated PECs. I still recommend getting inspections to sure. make sure of it. So you, not that we want to change wording because we're afraid of things, but we also want to make sure we're more clear. So and the most truthful. That well, and that exactly. is, that's just more, yeah, that's just more... Yes. Information. True. Yeah. yeah. More true. Yeah. yeah. So then you learn that you're trying to say, okay, well, what questions can I ask? Because as you both know in our jobs is in sales, you ask a lot of questions to hopefully get the answers. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you don't get those answers. And so it's hard to say, 
you know, it's hard to give the information that wasn't given to you. Mm -hmm. And so I've noticed that with more in California. Their contracts are much thicker too, mm -hmm. way more paperwork. So when you do a transaction there and here, you know, I think at least the time when I was there, basically like their one offer was like 18 pages and ours was what, eight? Mm -hmm. So right. huge difference on that stuff mm -hmm. for it. Um, they do a lot more like contingency removals. So you have all these different contingencies and then really at the end, you just want to remove all contingencies that way you can move forward. Whereas kind of for us, we don't really have that terminology of it. We kind of go through all the inspections and stuff. And once we get past inspections, we're kind of going through that finish line. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a difference with that. Um, you know, um, the open houses out there, I held them a lot longer. I mean, I would do open houses out there for 48 hours. So huge no. difference. No. Oh, my yes. God. You just didn't hours? leave? Yeah, I was there all day. So I would do open houses. One of my first open houses, and it was one of my um, one of my first listings, was a $2.1 million listing. And we did an open house out there, and we started from 9 o'clock, and we were there till 5. Uh -huh. And we had 40 groups through. But okay, so let's do it. <laughs> I don't want to. Real well. No. <laughs> open house queen. <laughs> so open house, I brought it back here. And did and it? I was like, you know what? My first what couple open houses I did. Did you do it? And I had five groups through. I was there for eight hours. So... It's a whole different it's not, thing, but yeah. when you're in Orange County and there's 3 million people, it's way different than 60,000, mm -hmm. you know? So I learned that that's kind of a different dynamic. You can have an open house here for two hours, and you get the same results you would if you were there for eight. Because more people are out looking around those times, they're not necessarily there all day. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that I just definitely learned. I mean, we have, you know, um, townhouses there. I mean, you get 60 through 100 groups through. Wow. So that those times you try to get another realtor or two there because... You just can't help every single person that walks through or answer all questions. I actually have said that um, just this in the last month or so as I've been doing open houses here. Mm -hmm. It's been a little different um, than over the last two years in that right now open houses, for me anyway, are either completely dead, nobody's mm -hmm. coming through, or they're packed. And I've been saying to some of the realtors in my office because I've had a couple open houses where I can't, I cannot help everybody that yeah. comes through because they're all coming through at once. I've not had that happen before here, but it's been happening to me a few times and I don't, and I've been saying, I need to have somebody here with me so that we can get to everybody right. because for that, not, it's clearly not anything like you're experiencing there in California, <laughs> but I have experienced it a little bit here. So we've had it here too, but here it's mm -hmm. so hard because you can't predict it. Right. I mean, it's one true. time you go to an open house and you're like, Oh man, this one's going to be dead, but I just have to go sit there. Right. And you go there and suddenly I'm like, Grand Central Maybe Station. Maybe you want to come over <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. there's just so many people. And, yeah, not like that, but for Cheyenne, so many and people. And you want to connect with them yep. and, you know, hear their story and see how you can help them and potentially uh, be their realtor in the, in the process. And it's just, in some cases, it's just, you can't. You can't get well, to all Well, it's even harder, too, because you're trying to sell the house. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to yes. sell the house, you can't. Have, usually have enough time to discover what the people are looking for yes. to see if that house is that fit for them. Yes, So you completely. kind of do run to the point, okay, well, once you walk through, mm -hmm. but then you still can't give them other information they might yes. not see themselves. Yes, mm -hmm. completely so, right. So it's a little more challenging, of course, because you have way more um, you know, people that do walk through. Mm -hmm. um, I will say the outdoor living, the ocean view is beautiful. Sure. Have beautiful homes. Yeah. You know, their homes are, you know... When I, the area I was, was thinking that's why they go through the open houses because see the those homes views like we just... did when we were there. Yeah, yeah, we went to a, yeah we went to a conference in Anaheim and Catherine and Philip went and went to open houses because oh, they're fun. gorgeous, like really expensive open houses. They were awesome. That you know, it, fun. That's the thing is you walk through them. I mean, you have houses with you know two kitchens, and you have houses where most of them, even your spare bedrooms, have spare bathrooms built into them. Right. right here, you don't really see that. So you see a completely different dynamic of how it is. Or a pond in your living room. We saw that. Yes. <laughs> like wow. a koi pond. Like as soon as you walk Under into the... glass or something? Like you could walk No, over. like there was oh. a walkway over it. Like, I don't know. It was hard to explain, but it was like, like this. Like a walkway that went over it. And it was like a koi pond on both sides as you're going into the living room from the oh front of the house. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. that's the thing. is that's It's crazy. also different, too, because they put their water heaters in the garage. If you died here, they'd freeze. But oh. there you don't have to worry about it, so you put the water heaters in the garage, and you just don't have to worry about it. If it leaks, well, it's in the garage. It doesn't really ruin the house or anything. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and we definitely could not have it in the garage here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to picture that. Although I wouldn't be surprised to see it at some point. But <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Is like Sometimes people come here, as you probably have noticed. If they're not from Wyoming, 
you let them know about south-facing homes and north-facing yes. homes. And do you all want that. a shovel or not? Right? Yeah. yeah. Nope. Do you want the view? Well, but do you want a shovel? Do you want ice? Yeah. Want... And they're like, we don't think about that stuff. Mm -hmm. But in California, because the ocean, you know, is every view, you might have a house in either direction, but you still get a great view. Mm -hmm. Huh. Interesting. And so definitely a different dynamic. I will say that my my the one of the things I miss is the door knocking, and you have the whole ocean view, and it's just beautiful. The weather is nice. It's not freezing, not cold. So. And you just go knock on doors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't want to do that here. Or yeah. Also, I feel like also, people I don't look feel at like you it's that friendly here. Mm -mm. Oh, no. I just... It's very private. Just this here. week. Yeah, I was going to say, someone knocked friendly, on my door. But you don't expect They're friendly, but they don't really like you coming to their door. Yeah. No. <laughs> they don't. This week, somebody stopped at my door for something, and we have the doorbell camera. And I got a text, and Brian was like, who is that? And I'm like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then I got home and it was I got the little flyer thing and he's like we have a no soliciting and sign on our door. I'm like, what do you want to do about it? Well, that's <laughs> so little... like sorry, she left. <laughs> well, that's one of the things you learn like by stories. I'd go door knocking. My broker was really big on that stuff, and he's like, yeah, go door knocking and come back and we can go over things. And but then I had some people that would never open a door. You could hear them behind it. And so I went back and told him. I was like, they didn't even open the door. He's like, did you step backwards? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, did you step back from the door? And I was like, well, no. And he goes, well, do you see how big you are? So All they saw was woman, right here. Yeah. <laughs> if it's probably a woman by herself. So then that's when we started doing a man and woman. And the sure. results were completely different oh. when you had a man and woman door knocking than if I did it by myself. And I also know the difference now. Because anytime I knock on a door now, I take like four steps back. And actually, I do that too. I, when I'm knocking on anybody's door, I, I step off the steps and step back. And mainly it's just because it feels like you're invading their, their space a little bit. So you just mm -hmm. take a little bit of a step back and I'm here in peace. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are definitely some of the differences. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, prices too. Oh, you, know, yeah. you like Newport Beach, um, the peninsula, when I was there, the average price of a house was $2.75 million. When's the last time you saw a $2 million house in Cheyenne? Yeah, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's talking about it, oh, if yes. there is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Well, what made you, so if you, you were born and raised in Cheyenne, but what made you go to California? Well, I've always wanted to sell high-end luxury real estate. I've, I, since I've been in sales, it's more of that challenge of sales. Okay. You know, you start off in sales at Sears. That's where I started. Selling tools and appliances okay. and vacuums. And you're kind of like, well, what more can I do? And then what more can I challenge to sell and stuff? So with me on that side, that's kind of that competitive side as well, too, of how can you self-improve yourself? But if you get harder things to sell or bigger things to sell, that I feel that makes you a better salesperson as well. So for me, I've always wanted to. And it was just one of those things. My cousin was actually living in California. He moved from Laramie, Wyoming, and was out there working. And I moved out there, and I finally just one year just said, you know what? I'm going to take that final leap, and I'm going to do it. And so I sold my house. I sold three-quarters of my stuff, sold my boat. And I moved out there and quit my job that was, I'd been there for 10 years. Passed my real estate license, went out there, and just started selling. And I just always wanted to. So, And I also wanted a culture shock. I've been in Wyoming my whole life. So I was like... Let me see what else is out there. Let's see what, yeah. what is different. Like, how are things so different? Yeah. And so then I moved out there. And the funny thing was, when I first moved out there, I was more worried about being an outsider. Because you're like, well, if I'm an outsider, they're going to think I don't know anything here. Yeah. I don't know all that stuff. But I will say that I, when I started focusing more on being my genuine self, and when I started meeting people, and people would walk through an open house, and I'd be like, oh, you know, and you start to get to know them. You find out how many people are actually from like Idaho, Montana. They visit these areas, yeah, and these western areas. And we start talking to them. It's like, oh yeah, I'm from Wyoming, and it was just a difference. Like when I started doing that, and more of just telling them who I was and being more authentic, basically, I that's when I started getting more business, and that's when I started getting the ability to go to people's houses, look at their house, list their house, have conversations, and do more showings. What was the most mm. expensive house you sold out there? Um, was the or one that was 2.1. 2.1? Yeah. Wow. So it was a beautiful house. They had a huge lot, and you could see basically all the way across the coast. So you could see all the way going to Catalina Island, and then you could see all the way going down to New Mexico. And these people were fantastic people, but they completely tore down their house to all but one wall, and they rebuilt it all, and it was just a beautiful house. Wow. So. Interesting. Well, I love, so we talk a little bit on here about jump stories, and it sounds like that's what you did. And I think that 
having the courage to do that where you just like, I'm leaving this job of 10 years, I'm selling all my stuff and I'm going into this huge unknown. Having the courage to do that is, I just don't think, um, it takes people a while to make that decision if they ever do make that decision. So what gave you the courage? What was it that gave you that? Like, was there a day? What, what was it where you're like, I've had enough, I'm getting rid of all of it and I'm gonna go try something new? So to answer that question, I um, always been a person that lived here, like I said, mm-hmm. and I always uh, so I used to compete in bodybuilding shows, and I finally did my first one. But I was a fear of doing it because I didn't want to fail. And so yeah. finally, I had a friend. He's like, "Hey, let's do it. It's the first one in China. Let's do it." And I did it, and I took dead last, <laughs> and which was a bummer. But then that was that Ex- motivational side, that competitive like, side. Uh-huh. I, I did was it. Like, I was like, wait, I'm not going to be dead last. Someone says, you did a bodybuilding show, what'd you take? I'd be like, dead last? So I was like, no. So I went back and did another bodybuilding show, took third. Then I went back and did another one, I took first. So it was that competitive side, and then for me it was more of an eye-opener to realize, like, you only fail if you give up. It's a process yes. to success. It, was, it yep. was a learning process that taught me to basically, I just, it gave me the idea of what was I not doing well in, so what do I need to focus on to do better? And when I did that, that's when it gave me the courage to be like, you know what, I've always wanted to do this. Well, now's a better time than ever. And so the irony is I finished my last bodybuilding show, took first, and then a year later I moved to California. Oh, and I love that. And then I went that. out there and, I mean, it took me nine months before I made a transaction. I mean, I went out there and did. Well, I, and that's what I think people mm-hmm. don't understand. It's not like you just get in real estate and make money. You just money. start. <laughs> yes. And I yeah. used what? to sit open houses on Monday through Fridays even. So I do vacant houses and I would just sit in an open house. Mm-hmm. And I would just do it all day long, have a sign, because to me, it was better to sit there than it was in my office. Yes. yes. If someone walks in there, it's better a chance there than an office. I felt the same way. So I sat there, mm-hmm. and I did all day long and stuff. And I mean, like I said, I went nine months. I did open houses all day long on the weekends, worked every weekend. I even worked the day after the weekend after Thanksgiving, Christmas, holidays. And it's frustrating that when you go that long and you don't see a check and you're not seeing anything happen. Most people give up. Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. so, kind of like the bodybuilding, even though I did that, I kept going. And try to figure out what I could do different, but then I'll be honest, my first check was huge. I mean It was worth it. Yes. And yep. that right there made it worth it. And then you just it's like you put all that hard work in and then things just start happening. You get up over that hump. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I completely well, understand. Catherine, what did you I'm curious to hear like what did I don't even know if I know this and I've known you for ten years. <laughs> what did you do before real estate and what made you get into real estate? Well, I had my real estate license in North Carolina. Oh, okay. So I originally got my real estate license, oh goodness, that would have been 2004, 2005, something like that. Um, But then I got pregnant with Tristan, my oldest. And so I had my license for a little while. I didn't sell a whole lot. I mean, I sold a few things because it was only for a little bit of time that I had it. And then I decided I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And so that's what I did until I moved here. And then once the youngest was, Carson was two when I got into real estate because used to have to take breaks at nap time so that way he had time to sleep because <laughs> he would just go to work with me all the yeah, time. Yeah, he would. Know? He was adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, did you, so then did you always like think like eventually I'll go back to real estate or were you like, well, I've always really. done sales kind of like that. Not as many sales as him because obviously I took a big break off, but um, when I was younger, I always worked at clothing stores and so we always, they always try to get you to do the credit card things, mm-hmm. you know, yes. to get their credit card for the store. Yes. So they always had competitions for that. And I, me and one other lady would all, we'd always, one of us would always be winning. And so that's when I figured out I was good at sales. I was like, oh, okay, uh. I like this. This works. <laughs> what you don't realize is real estate's not really sales. I mean, not truly. It's not. It's more just like relationships. It's more of a people business yeah. Yeah. than it is anything yeah. else. Um, but I think that that's what I thought, oh, okay, you know, you're just going to sell something bigger, right? And so I got into it and I really did like it. It was very hard and very different when I started there because there was no there was no mentor or anything. Also, real estate was very different in the fact that you had to go to the office every morning so you could print off all the new listings and put it in your book. Sure, because there wasn't (laughs) the electronic version. Yes. And we really didn't use our cell phones. I know, right? (laughs) You're like, it's terrible. I know, and we really didn't use our cell phones. So on your business card, it had your office number, which was kind of nice because real estate did shut off. Did shut off. Yeah, (laughs) now, yep, it has. Yeah, and so, but you had to go to your office first thing in the morning. You had to go there before you went home so you could check all your messages. And probably everything was faxed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mostly it was hand delivered. Hand delivered. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you would just go and you'd 
call the agent. You actually knew the agents then because you'd call them and you'd be like, hey, I got this contract for you. And, oh, yeah, I'm at my office or I'll swing by your office or whatever. And so then you oh, would. Because, you know, we do tons of business where you mm-hmm. don't even, you never meet that other realtor. Yes. You do five deals with somebody and then suddenly you meet them at Realtor Family Fund or something yes. like that. And you're like, oh, now I know who you are. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking sometimes when I'm doing a transaction, I just need to pop over to the office of the realtor I'm working with and say hello and like put They're a name to a there. face. Right, right. I know. That's true. That's true. What time are you going to be there? Yeah, exactly. And will you actually be there during that time? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you sold in North Carolina and mm-hmm. here. So then what would you say is the primary difference between there and here? Well, okay, I think a little bit of it is better, better in North Carolina. And the reason is is that when you get your real estate license there, well, okay. When you get your real estate license here, it's ten days of class and your test oh, and all yes, that, you told right? Me about this. In yeah. North Carolina, it's not. In North Carolina, is sixteen weeks when I did it, and oh. it was like I don't know. It's been a long time. Obviously, it was like eight to four or nine to five or something. But it was like all day for sixteen weeks, five days a week, and wow. so it was intense. Like if you wanted to do real estate, you had to really know this was going to be a lot of work, and you really had to know this is something you wanted to do. And then you still have to take the test, and I think the test there was harder. And did the information extend beyond what's in the 10-day class here? Like, it, was it more about real estate, or was it still the same Still the same, same information? Yeah. Okay. What you learn in class, I mean, yes, it's always good to know. You need to know all that stuff. You need stuff, to know but it, but it's, it's not, not really real life. relevant to everyday life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty much the same thing. But they, I don't know, you learned a lot more because obviously you're there for 16 weeks. So you learned a lot of it more in depth and learned a lot of the differences. Um, and then it is kind of hard. I'm sure you know, switching over from a different state and getting a new license because in each state, laws are different. So like we had dual agency in North Carolina. So you could represent and and negotiate for a buyer and for a seller, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it better here where we become an intermediary because in yes. that, cause you can't. I feel like you can't really truly negotiate for both sides. I don't know. It right. just doesn't, I just don't love it. Yeah. It does, especially in all the conversations that have been happening recently around buyer's agents or seller's agents, I do think it is nice for, you know, both the sire, sire, seller, and buyer, (laughs) God, to have their own representation, their own realtor sort of helping them and Mm -hmm. acting on their behalf. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, so if you could change one thing about real estate in Wyoming, what would you change? Oh, goodness. That's a hard question, Lindy. Um, I know what Philip would change. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I hate you. Um, for I'm me, like putting you on the spot. I know, right? Ladies first again. No. <laughs> <laughs> that only works once. <laughs> um, I say that the, the, um, the classes should be longer. Yeah. I mean. It should it, be harder to yes, get a license. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those that, I mean, there's a lot that you learn. Um, like I said, I mean, I went from two different markets and learning what I did between them was a lot. Uh, my broker in California had trainings every day except for his office day. And I went to every one of those trainings. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what he did. He sat down with us too and he went line by line by each contract. So when you went down, I mean, the contract was, it was like a three, three, three and a half month process we went through. Because he wow. went through line by line and then he would say, well, what are your thoughts? Well, why do you think this? No, this is what it more means. This is what you look at and stuff. And so, for that, it's very, very helpful. He was a teacher. Yes. He was very focused on all of that. And then he also did, he loved role plays. And we all know that those oh, are not fun. So does Corey. Yes. <laughs> Corey likes them too. And yeah. he oh, drives you nuts when somebody's like, go, let's, you have a problem. And he's like, okay, you be them and I'll be that. And I'm like, I don't want to do this right now. Come on, what would you say? What are you going to say? And it's like, <clears throat> oh dear. But, but it helpful, works. Right? Yes. Yeah. It works. My broker used to do that all the time. We would do it and we'd do role plays and stuff. And then we'd come back and he'd like, so how was your open house? Okay, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Did I tell you to do that? Did we do that for role play last week? Did, and we were like, Inside, you're just like, this hurts. But after you get done, you feel better because it really mm-hmm. makes you remember it. Mm-hmm. True. And so I think when I, from what I've learned there and all the time I put into learning and stuff, I think just the 10 days here is just way too short. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much more out there. You know, like we all say, it's the largest investment you'll ever make. Yep. And, and we And I think what there's like this, I don't know, perception out there that you can just do real estate like part-time. And it is a profession. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it every single day, I don't know how you can be doing it well. 
I yeah. very much disagree with part-time real estate agents. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, because seriously, because, you know, you say, oh. Would you hire a part-time lawyer? Exactly. Well, and when you call. Doctor. Yeah. When you call an agent, they're like, well, I'm at my real job. Cool. Well, this is my real job because this is super yeah. important. I mean, I think that our profession is yeah. a profession and it is mm-hmm. very important to be professional and being that part-time person on it, I don't think really is. And so, and you, like you said, you have to do a certain amount of deals to actually know what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You can't you know? do one a year. You can't do two a year. Yeah. You can't, Philip and I were talking about it one day and I was like, like how many do you plus. think? Yes. I was like <laughs> one a day, a month. Mm-hmm. And obviously Minimal. when you're getting going, that's really hard, but yeah. Well, maybe after your first year. Right. But I think that's another thing is I think that a lot of offices don't have a lot of training. Our office has training for when you first start. Mm-hmm. Your office, I know, has a lot of training. Um, but there's a lot of offices that don't, and I think that that's something that's really important. I think because I did it in North Carolina and there was no training on the job, you were just like, here, sink or swim, you know? Hope yeah. you don't get sued. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. And so, and I don't think that's smart for the broker necessarily because anything you do ultimately involves the broker. Is, yeah. is responsible for. So yeah. that doesn't seem very smart, but some of them do it. I think that having that training on the job, not just in class, because as you know, you know, mm-hmm. on the job is way different than class. So I yeah, think that that would be life. a good idea too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I sold my house, my boat. I didn't do any part-time job when I did it. It took me nine months before I made my first transaction. I did the same thing. And I don't know if I even thought I'll do another job and do this. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I was like, okay, I'm going to do real estate. And I was like, I'm quitting my job, but I'm doing it. But that's the difference I think is too, is when you, when you have that mindset that says I'm going to do it and I'm no just going to do it regardless of what, you're going to do it. Yeah. And I, I encourage anyone that says that they're going to for sure do it, they're going to do it. But I feel like when you already jump in that mindset and you're always sitting there saying, well, I got to do part-time, I got to have another job. I, I just I, like ha- looking at houses or I just have it to... easy money. S- that, yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. easy money. That one always yeah. gets me. And I'm I like, think that's what maybe like, yeah, sometimes okay. gives realtors a bad rap uh-huh. as well. And it if is, you're just in it for that. And, yeah. And if yeah. you do it correctly, it is mm-hmm. not Right. Easy money. No. It's emotional, and it's you know and all it's the hours consuming. that you work, yes. you work so many hours. I think you truly have to love it to mm-hmm. be able to work that many hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Yep. I agree. I mean, just like today, we're leaving here to go do a, a lunch, lunch and learn. learn. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It doesn't stop. Yeah. yeah, it's not like we just go home and. But I think that's do what nothing. good agents yeah. do, though. Mm-hmm. I think that we're you know because we don't get any credit or anything else for yeah. going to this lunch and learn. We're just going there because we want to, to get look. the information mm-hmm. to where we can help our clients better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and we are all always doing that. That's why we sit on boards. That's why we do all this stuff that we don't get paid for. <laughs> right. Well, and two, I was just visiting with a realtor last week about this that um, was a realtor also in Florida, and she was commenting on the fact that here. The, the realtors do form relationships with each other. Um, and we all believe in that because we believe it's going to be better for our clients, of course. Absolutely. But I also just couldn't imagine, like, snubbing other realtors as well. Like, that feels weird to me, especially... But it happens in some places. It does. They do. A lot of people say, oh, that that's how you guys are? That's weird. Right. So she was telling me in, um, it was Miami, Florida, that you absolutely do not get to know the other realtors. Like, that's, everybody just looks at you weird if you're, if that's something that you're doing. And I'm like, wow. oh my gosh, I just couldn't even imagine what that would look like it was very normal in california for any time you were trying to offer your services everyone say i know a realtor and so at that point it became normal i'm like if someone doesn't say to me that they have a realtor or their family realtor they know a realtor i'm surprised by it that means that they probably just moved here mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that mm-hmm. but that was a normal thing but it was also one of those things that you know in that area it's it's so busy in such a small area mm-hmm. so you start deciding where do you want to be because right. you can I mean, the reality is there, you can walk across the street and be in a different city. But then you start deciding, okay, do you want it to be an hour distance? Do you want to travel that hour? You know? Right. But when you travel an hour there and the traffic's bad, now you're th- two, three hours. Mm-hmm. So how how beneficial can you be to have a big So area? do a lot of them just focus on that and then you get to know those few? Usually, yeah. You just kind of... You'll see the ones that like focus, like there's San Clemente out there. You know, like we had some realtors, they absolutely loved San Clemente and they were just, that's like their main heart and goal. That's what they did. Or like Newport Beach or Laguna Beach, things like that. And you'd see those ones that would do it. I'll be honest, when I started, I was like, this is awesome, I'll do it all. And I drove Were the all realtors over. nice to each uh, other? You know, I never had any realtors that weren't nice. Um, 
You know, when you see Selling Sunset and things like that, I think it's a whole different thing than what it really is. I don't think that's real. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, it's... Very dramatic. If Philip exactly. stayed there, he would be on that. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be I on do Selling not doubt Sunset. that. <laughs> you do not doubt I don't either. I think he would be on it. <laughs> but I've been one of the top agents on there, and there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the thing, is that there are some that do, and I think that just kind of happens because it's sales. But for the most part, I never had anyone that was really snubbing or just was rude. Mm -hmm. But it also is a challenge, though. There's so many agents, so it is a harder thing. I mean, you hear some people say, and you're like, hey, I have a realtor. Okay, sweet. Well, do you mind if I give you a second opinion? Do you mind if I do that? I don't think it's snubbing. That's any different than if I'm working at Sears and someone comes from Lowe's, and they're like, hey, but I was talking to Sam at Lowe's. You're not like, okay, we'll let Sam do the business. You still say, what can I Here's what we have. This is what yeah. we have to offer. Right. So, and that's how things are kind of different here. Yeah. As far as that goes. Yeah. And I I always think there's the people who do act rude and are mean and I'm like I'm like in shock most of the time because I'm like yeah. I don't even know what why you think that would benefit you at all to be mean or not get along or work in the best interest of everybody. Because you're like, it's going to bite client. you in the mm -mm. butt later when mm -hmm. somebody just is dreading working with you. I mean, and even like you guys, you, I don't really, I mean, I've hung out with you outside of real estate and I don't like look at you and go like competition. I feel like mm -hmm. we all like, there's plenty of business out there for yep. everybody. It's and a different mindset. And I think that's a mindset you have to have. Yes. yes. Just knowing that there's plenty of business. There's plenty of business for all of us. Everybody. And, everybody and we're in a town. And... Like you said, everyone knows a realtor. You can't, yep. you have to get to the point where you don't take it personal. Catherine knows I've taken it personal before. I've screamed at some people, but I'm better now. <laughs> it is a personal job in some ways. It is. It hurts your feelings sometimes. The, the, the yes. personal part that comes out is when someone says, hey, can you show me these five houses? You're like, okay, what do you want to do? It? Well, we want to do it between five and seven. Well, that's your dinner time, or that's when your kids are sports or so. So when you go to do that, and then that person decides to never use you again, and they leave, and they go to another realtor, like, it becomes I gave my time. because I gave my personal time with my family. family. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes personal. Even though we want to say it's not, mm -hmm. it does become personal. Mm -hmm. because we do take those sacrifices to help out people. So hopefully we can also have that kind of opportunity to also provide for our family. Mm -hmm. But we know that. But when we do that and we stay on top of it, that's where you, I think you succeed more too. Mm -hmm. Well, what is your favorite thing about Cheyenne? I think the people. So because I moved here from somewhere else, that was the first thing I remember thinking was once I moved here, I'm like, oh my goodness, everybody here is so nice. They were yes. just so friendly and so nice. And it always reminded me of, you know, because I grew up in the South, the South like 20 years ago where everybody was just really friendly. Anybody in the grocery store or wherever would just talk yeah. to you. And that's how it was here. It's because she doesn't hear the word, oh, bless your heart. She doesn't hear that here, so. Yeah. Yeah. I can say that. To be rid of that, yeah. You don't like that? Oh, well, I, said, I say it. You say it. Oh, okay. I, I said, said other people like don't it. tell you that. Oh, right, because <laughs> right, it has that condescending twist to it, right? Yep. Yeah. How about you two? What do you two like about selling real estate here? I like the wind. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It just, it, I mean, just fresh hair. <laughs> You don't have to be in a car to feel it in your hair, right? You don't, yeah. you don't have to look good because you're just going to look terrible the second you get out We all car. look windblown, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like. I think the same thing. I like the community and the people and, yeah. I think, so, um, we're actually we both from together. Gillette. We're we both are, from Gillette. Funny. Yeah. Oh, nice. And so um, what I will say, and Gillette, you know, I raised my family there, and so it's always going to be home, the original home, I should say. But I think Wyoming, and in my past careers, I've spent a lot of time traveling all over Wyoming, and it, there is a similar feel amongst the entire state, with the exception of maybe Jackson. Um, but, you know, overall, it's a really great state to be in. But I would say, having moved from the north part of the state to the south part of the state, is that I don't think I realized how rural Gillette was when I was there. Because, yes. you know, it's like 35,000 people and then 50, 55,000 people in the county. And when you grow up there and you raise your family there, you're not really thinking about that. Plus, I really enjoyed being between the, um, the Bighorn Mountains and the Black Hills. But you can only explore both of those places so much. Yep. 
and having moved here, it's still the eastern plains of Wyoming. It's not like I'm missing out on all the mountains and everything, you know. <laughs> and um, it's still friendly. It's still wonderful. And I just, what's funny to me is that people that grow up in Cheyenne think there's nothing to do here. But when you come from rural Wyoming and you come here and you understand that the rest of Wyoming views Cheyenne as the big city, you know, and you're like, hmm. Not really. It's not really the big city. I mean, it is a bigger city, but it's not the big city. Mm -hmm. Um, I just really appreciate uh, the community here. There is more things to do, and there's more access to things to do, whether you're going to Laramie or down to Fort Collins Mm -hmm. or Denver. It's very easy to get to those places. And since my husband and I are empty nesters now, it's just we're just down here living our best life. So it's great here. I agree with that. My Carson the other day, my youngest, he actually said, he was like, man, Cheyenne's just such a small town. And I was, so we were having a conversation. I grew up in a little tiny town. We had one stoplight right. in our town. When I grew up there, there was like 1,500 people. Yes. Like little tiny town, right? Yes. And so that's where I grew up. And I mean, I've lived other places, And obviously. in Alaska as well. Now, I lived in Anchorage there, which so people don't realize bigger. Anchorage is a huge city. Big. Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's like bigger than Denver, right? So right. in Ar- Arkansas, Arkansas, you lived in the 1,500. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bigger now, but it was just a little tiny town that we lived in there. No, we did live right near Memphis, like right across the bridge from Memphis. So, you know, we had access to a bigger town, but, you know, we lived in a small town. So to me, this, I think that there's tons of things to do here in China. We didn't have half the things you have here. Yeah. So, But your kids are thinking... Not so much. This is some (laughs) tiny little town, and there's like, oh my goodness, no. You know, my kids felt that way growing up, and now that we have, we did try to travel and expose them to bigger cities. And I think when you grow up in Wyoming, the the rubber band effect is very real. You you might leave and try those bigger cities, but at the end of the day, you're at peace in a smaller, the more Wyoming friendly place. And I thought for sure my kids would leave the state and boy, I just can't even pull them out of here. Like I'm like, just go explore and do something different. No, they want to be here. So whatever. (laughs) So anyway, well, your favorite question as always. Um, Yes. So I've been asking everyone this question at the end. um, And we'll see what you guys say. Um, if you should have watched more of these podcasts. For yeah. sure. <laughs> you would have had a heads up. You don't know how bad the question is. Is that, is that competitive nature coming out? Is it? <laughs> if you could purchase property anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Anywhere in the world. This will be interesting because they're realtors. Yeah. Because other, I mean, and we are too, but yeah. Other guests we've had, like community members, and so it's it's been interesting to see what everybody says. And we'll tell you once you tell us. Yes. <laughs> That's a really good question. That's a hard one. I want a vacation rental. We both do, so we've talked about having a vacation rental elsewhere. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we both own real estate here. So, yeah. this is my ideal place. I'm pretty sure this is your ideal place to own real estate. But if I could order own it anywhere, and money was not an option. Mm-hmm. somewhere nice and warm near a beach. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, even if it was Florida or Cabo or Dominican Republic or, you know. Yeah. Somewhere warm with a beach. That's yeah. right. Yeah. We got to be able to escape every once in a while. Yeah. The snow. And I just really like warm weather. Me yeah. too. <laughs> How about you, Philip? I don't know. Because I got two different things. One, it's kind of like I see what she's saying because I want to live there. But two, my other thought is investments. So I think of... I would like to own property somewhere that I could turn into investment then. That's what we're talking about. Vacation rentals. Yeah, but what I'm thinking about is like um, development. Oh, so yeah. So mm-hmm. you think like a development, like a hotel off the coast of somewhere. That would mm-hmm. be a huge area. So then you're now thinking about a much larger than just an Airbnb. Like I wanna... So you're thinking big. Yes. Yeah, you're the only <laughs> one who's mentioned like a, a hotel. That's a good idea. Yeah, for me, I think of something like that when I think of it. So I'm like, okay, one. I'd be okay with like Italy or something too because now it's an area that's beautiful and you travel and you know if I own it there that's me going there for my business reasons and so it's one of those that I look at is I would think of something that's probably more like that I mean even I'd be okay with something probably in Jackson Hole right now mm-hmm. the way Jackson, Jackson, Jackson is expanding if I had enough land there then that's something that's more of a development that I could create for whatever might be needed there mm-hmm. so for me that's how I'm looking at it more now with that question is that maybe not necessarily maybe a residential or a small thing it's what can I have land to create as a development and then make a bigger Have difference. an investment. Yep. Gotcha. 
That's a, well, we haven't heard that. We haven't. Before. That's, a, that's <laughs> the first one. Um, we had a few people with the vacation thing. That's what I picked. The vacation like, rental. And mm-hmm. I think it's because I like love my home I'm in now. So I'm like, I don't have any reason to like pick a home somewhere because yeah, I want to live move. there. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. So I'm like, yeah, I will, I'll go to Costa Rica or something and get. Mm-hmm. Um, most people have picked somewhere really close to here. Yeah, somewhere in Wyoming or in the region. Really? Yeah. Really? Like yep. their forever home, like yes. a home that they're going to, oh, they picking, okay. yeah, they're yep. picking like, well. Their dream, you know, dream the dream yeah. is already here in Cheyenne mm-hmm. or it's somewhere in Wyoming. Yeah. That makes That's sense. interesting. Yeah. It has been. We thought a lot of people would say vacation. vacation rental. I know. Yeah. When you said that a home didn't even come to mind, I was like, we already have a home. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. here is where you want to be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. The only thing I have said is that I wish Wyoming had more lakefront property. I would love to oh, have a lakefront too. property mm-hmm. and not leave Wyoming. Yes. <laughs> but we just don't really, not quite like I'm envisioning. You know, I used no. to spend my summers in Minnesota. And so there's like front property everywhere and it's just amazing mm-hmm. there. And I would just wish there not maybe we don't maybe necessarily need to that extent, but I wish wish there was more of that. I'm here. with you, my mom's side of the family's from Wisconsin. So okay, you understand. Yep. Yes. Those are outside the Twin Cities we went all the time. There's something about it. It was just it was amazing. It is. It's it is truly it once it's in your blood, boy, it's like, Oh man, I would love to And you don't have to load it on the boat. Yeah, you gotta dock right by your house. <laughs> yeah, you gotta dock right at your house and yeah. <laughs> You want to go for an hour, you're sketch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're not driving an hour or two hours yeah. to make it happen. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Glendo, you need to develop. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need more homes there. We need more homes there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you guys for being on our podcast today. And we just want to remind you that we're all real Milton. estate agents. So yeah. you can find any of us on social media. Um, Rhea and I are on sellcheyenne.com and... Follow us on Beyond the Front Door podcast. We're on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, all of it. Yep. And where can um, listeners find you too? Uh, you find us at Shine Wyoming. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we are on, on social media. So we have um, Instagram, we have Facebook, mm-hmm. um, LinkedIn, things like that as well, too. So Great. you definitely can reach out and stuff. So And okay. we have a website on number one properties also. Yep, Perfect. So, so. so go to number one properties. You can pull up agents there and then yep. find us on there as well. Yep. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank, thank you so you much for being us. here today. Yes. yes thank you. Sure. All right. Now let's go yeah. learn. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com.